You've hit play on the Screen Companion, a show about making your viewing time count. And now another fabulous episode of the Screen Companion. Fabulous. You know, nothing about that screams that you live in San Francisco. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to do iced tea. Hell yeah. Are you a big Ice T fan? Do you like his music? I never really heard his music. I've only known him as an actor. I had to look up to find out he wasn't a rapper. He was in a death metal band. <laughs> <laughs> I've only heard Cop Killer. I guess that's a typical song from his band. Well, he did some solo stuff, too. I guess he had a beef with LL Cool J for a while. What? Everybody loves LL. <laughs> <laughs> thought everybody liked Ice T, too. <laughs> I love iced tea. The drink. <laughs> on a warm summer day. I'm sure the man iced tea would be pretty cool to meet on a warm summer's day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great that we can approach this as a couple of film buffs. Since we are talking about rappers turned actors with iced tea, in general, what do you feel about celebrities in other mediums trying to make that transition to acting. Honestly, I'm all for it, because there's a lot of musicians, with the exception of Jared Leto, there's a lot of musicians I didn't know were musicians. I thought they were just actors. I was watching a Cher movie the other day, and I forgot that she had a musical career. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Leto was really good, but now he's doing nothing but terrible stuff. I don't think... I would say I'm a supporter of musicians, wrestlers, politicians, anybody else that's already in the public eye. I see somebody on TV, in a concert, doing some other thing. I don't really need to see them also in my movies or television shows. Really? Because then you go, okay, I just heard this guy on the radio. Now I'm seeing this guy in a movie. Oh, now I see he's got a book out. It's like, stop it, okay? You made it. Stop trying to do more. <laughs> <laughs> Trespass from 92. John, give us a little summary of it. So Trespass is basically a reverse city slickers where the country folk find a treasure map and go to the city, and hilarity does not ensue. I love that description. <laughs> That's all I was thinking of when I was watching it. These two firefighters from Arkansas we're just handed a treasure map by a crazy man who then walks away into fire like he was some mystic. And they see this as their retirement opportunity and go to St. Louis and search a factory and witness a murder. I'm thinking about the guy that gave him the treasure map that decided to commit suicide and burn to death in a building. That was so weird. He was just like, hey, here's this treasure map. Bye. And then he walks off. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's just inciting incident, man. Yeah. It's like, well, wait, we can save you. You can tell us more about the plot. No, 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 no. I'm just supposed to give you the map. Now I die now. Yeah, he's like, I gotta die. It moved really fast when we got there. They end up in that abandoned building up in East St. Louis, and it's one of those movies, it's just a, a comedy of errors where you have to have a little bit of suspension of disbelief. Why would they pick this particular day to go... When this particular thing happens involving Ice-T's gang. Of course, that all serves to just heighten the conflict and their sense of urgency. So I give it a pass, but it is kind of silly to think about 
all the little plot details that happen in this thing. There's a lot of little weird convenient stuff that happens. I'd never seen this movie before, and I really enjoyed it. When they took Ice-T's little brother hostage and they find uh, what turned out to be drugs and they thought it was drugs, and I immediately was like, oh, he's probably just diabetic. He needs that to live. And Nope, it was drugs. John, you're so innocent. (laughs) (laughs) So let me get this straight. You think when you go out onto the streets of San Francisco, all those guys are just diabetic? (laughs) Yeah, they need their insulin. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes them sleepy. Wow, they must be uh, nursing students and they're practicing their techniques with the needles. It's just sugar water and they need to get it right. I don't know why this guy asked me for $50, maybe (laughs) to help with his uh, nursing tuition. Yeah, med school is expensive. So Ice-T plays the leader of this gang, King James, and we've got a whole cadre of people around him. Something I noticed between both the movies today, they're just filled with character actors. Both of them were like all-star casts. I don't know about Trespass. I feel like Surviving the Game was straight to video, and that, I think, had two Oscar winners in it. No, Surviving the Game got released theatrically. Did it? And it bombed. Okay, it definitely bombed. I don't recall. I don't recall it being ever in theaters. Let's list some of the actors in this. You got Bill Paxton as one of the treasure hunters. He's a firefighter along with uh, William Sadler, who... I can't think of any bad William Sadler movies as far as his performance goes. No, I think he's phenomenal in everything. He was the dad in Wonderfalls. Uh, He was Death in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and he was phenomenal. I really liked him in Demon Knight. The same director, correct? Of Surviving the Game. Yeah, oh, okay. That's what I remember doing little research. Yes, he was really good in Demon Knight. We also have Ice Cube. I swear, the moment I thought, Ice-T and Ice Cube ever been in a movie together? He showed up in this movie. <laughs> it was eerie. Is there anyone so good at looking annoyed, angry as Ice Cube? Yeah, he's got that whole chewing his lip thing down. Yeah, like... Where you don't know if he's frustrated or if he's going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> Between all these guys, it really takes advantage of just one location, this rundown... Was it an apartment building or a factory? I wasn't entirely sure. It was a factory that might have been a speakeasy at some point. Wasn't that the point of the door into the room they were hauled up in? Yeah, what did they call it? The uh, P-catch or something with the slidey door? Yeah, yeah, P-catch for Prohibition Security. They're checking out the building, the two of them, and they're like, wow, this is a really secure building, wink, wink. <laughs> Nobody's going to get through this door. (laughs) It's helpful that because they're firefighters, it makes more sense why they're carrying around certain equipment and how Bill Paxton at one point can rappel down a building because he's probably trained for that before. Didn't that sequence end with him just thudding on the ground anyway? He busted through a window. That's pretty much the extent of the action scenes in this. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of busting through windows. And as for the motivation for why Ice-T's people would be carrying guns, um, you know, they're gangbangers. That would seem to be the end of it. This was definitely, they made no qualms about making this a white people versus black people situation. And what I looked into for this movie, I guess the director, Walter Hill, he wasn't trying to go for anything political 
as far as race goes. He said that it just appeared in the story by virtue of the fact you've got these guys from Arkansas coming up to East St. Louis. Eventually, somebody's going to say something racist. Yeah. What do you think makes this movie work so well? I think it works because nobody is in it together. Everyone seems to be against each other, so every scene, you can't relax. No one's safe. You have to be worried about everybody at all times. Because of the greed over the gold. The greed over the gold. Every situation, everyone has a different opinion, and they voice their different opinion on how everything should be approached. From the gold, from how to get into the room, how to save IST's little brother, posing as a cop, how to deal with the real cop. Drugs was involved at one point. (laughs) It allows you to really invest in the dilemma that Bill Paxton and William Sadler have, which is they're at that building to do one thing. All of a sudden, they're surrounded by gangbangers. It's not vampires or zombies. It's real-world people you might encounter. And if you're stuck there, how might you try to get out of this room? So it's instantly identifiable. Yeah, and I think the only reason they're able to get out is because of their real-world skill, not some supernatural element that they may or may not have. What do you think is Ice-T's best quality in this performance? Uh, loving older brother. He does a real good job of worrying about his little brother. He's angry, but he's trying to keep it together. Like, you can see the conflict in his face, ooh, the worry for his brother. In this movie, there's, what, at some point there's like seven or eight of them? Quite a big group. Yeah. He really is the only one, besides maybe his younger brother, that gets any sort of backstory to play off of. And you're right, he does it admirably. I wouldn't consider him a phenomenal actor, but I did feel like in this, he really pulled off not being a caricature of what you might think a gang leader is supposed to look like or sound like. Especially the way he was dressed compared to wrestling, there's a sophistication there that only the other, the tall guy, I I didn't, I don't remember any character names, (laughs) I just want to call him by their real name. I think that was Raymond the Pimp. (laughs) Is that the character name? Yeah, I mean, they called him a pimp, but... He's not literally a pimp, as far as I can tell in the movie. He's the uh, type that has the hardware that they use to try to beat down the door. He's people who knows people. He's the smart guy. Not a real pimp, but dresses like one. He definitely had pimp qualities, and he talked his way out of a police ticket really well. The story moved at a pretty good clip. Very simple with the location. Again, it's just an empty building. It reminded me a little bit of John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm-hmm. You have these characters. Both sides have this dilemma. They're trying to figure out a solution to it. Things work. Things don't work. And it's all happening in a very secluded place. Yeah. Isolation. That's a good theme. <laughs> you have all these archetypes they have to fit into these stories. You got the hothead and Ice Cube. You got the guy who's former military and is a good sharpshooter. That's an archetype I didn't know I wanted. <laughs> yeah, that worked out really well. He the like, sniper rifle out of nowhere because they called Raymond. You got the junkie who's the younger brother. And then you got the videographer. Yes, parts of this movie were definitely Blair Witch Project found footage. Was there an underlying meaning to that that I missed, or was that just in there? I feel like it was just a flourish. It doesn't really go anywhere. 
They take advantage of it for a couple of scenes where the gangsters are talking to camera, being interviewed almost like it's real world Mm -hmm. gangbanger edition. I wish they would have used that more throughout the movie because it doesn't really come back into play in the last act at all. He could have been doing something very productive. Especially if you're in a gang, why are you going to invite along a guy making evidence? (laughs) Let's say you and I are going to East St. Louis to look for some stolen treasure in an abandoned building. Yeah. How would we have done things differently than the way Bill and William... The dueling Bills. The two Bills. How the two Bills planned their trip... Obviously, we would never have turned on each other at any point, so we've got to get that out there. That hand-drawn map, how, how, how did they know? <laughs> right, it was just a hand-drawn map and, like, a piece of paper that said there was treasure there, and that was it, and they found their way to East St. Louis with this, it might as well have been a crayon and, like, a hand-traced turkey. <laughs> the quality of this map. I don't think we would ever even come close to the right building, let alone. Yeah, that was a little off. And also, when they come across the homeless guy and they start needing to explain why they're there, especially when King James asks them later in the movie, like, why are you guys even here? It doesn't seem like they even once considered having a cover story. And that would have been my contribution. There's a chance this might not be an abandoned building. What's our story going to be, John? And then we'd come up with something. Oh, that's a good point. We definitely would have come up with something. We've been like, we're building inspectors, and we need to turn this into a cheese factory. Because there are multiple times in this movie where people are asking them, what are you doing here? They could say, we're real estate investors, and we want to buy this building. Uh, we're gay for each other, <laughs> and we wanted to find a secluded place to touch one another. <laughs> This factory is definitely our kink. Hey, so there's a scene where they're really trying to hash out their disagreement, find some common ground, and that's when King James asks them, what are you guys even doing here? How am I supposed to know I can trust you? That's when you say, we're gay lovers. (laughs) And I think there would have to be a little part of King James that goes, well, okay, that explains it. Yeah, because he's not going to want to know more past that. That character's not going to want to know more beyond it. like, oh, they're here for butt stuff. Okay. And it would explain why they didn't want to say why they were there. It's like, what are you hiding? Uh, we're gay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that, that was still a stigma in the early 90s. Are there any other comments you'd like to make about Trespass? I feel the way a lot of people died was unbelievably odd. multiple characters died by just shooting straight at each other while standing five feet apart and that's how they kill each other right correct and then uh and then and the exact same scene happens again with those two like five minutes later if you had to put a genre on this what do you think it's closest to Probably thriller. Maybe action-adventure. You could take this script and tweak it to almost any genre. It's that sort of generic quality to the story that I think does work to its favor when you're watching it. But when you're trying to motivate other people to see it, 
It works against it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you describe this movie using just the actors, I would have been all in. But (laughs) having tried to describe it via plot, I don't think so. We go from that Ice-T performance to a couple years later in 1994's Surviving the Game. Now, Surviving the Game is a really simple plot. I might be able to do it in fewer words than you did Trespass. Ooh. This is basically, let's hunt homeless people in the woods. The most dangerous game. Directed by Ernest Dickerson. We mentioned he also did Demon Knight. This, again, another character actor bonanza. Gary Busey, John C. McGinley, Rutger Howard, Charles S. Dutton, F. Murray Abraham. They're all here together, almost like they said, you know, we need to pack in a bunch of character actors to support our star. The cast is ridiculously good. You've got these actors that are so good with a script that is just good enough. It doesn't really allow any of them to shine particularly, except for, can you guess who? I'm going to say Gary Busey because of the one scene. Yeah, Gary Busey. When you cast him, you know you're going to get that Busey energy. And if you only give him one line, he's going to make a meal of that one line. It's going to be the greatest line you've ever heard. (laughs) I think this is Busey at the top of his game. I want to say before that, he did Point Break, Predator 2, I think is around this time. Yeah. This movie wouldn't have been as fun if not for him, which is sad to say because he's in so little of this movie. Were you displeased by that as much as I was? Uh, Yeah, I was actually, because I love the cast, but like, if you're picking people off horror movie style, F. Murray Abraham's got to be the first one to go. Yes, Oscar winner, possibly the best actor in the movie (laughs) by far, but you can't expect him to be, like, the one who survives a brutal fight longer than the rest of them. And especially once they're out there hunting Ice-T longer than they expected, because they underestimated the man. Mm-hmm. But out of all those guys hunting him, the oldest guy, I imagine, is going to have some trouble. And was there any part of you that thought maybe they included Charles S. Dutton on the murder squad? just so it didn't feel 100% racist. Yes, I knew exactly where you're going with that as soon as you mentioned him. <laughs> I absolutely feel that way, 100%, because it definitely felt like a class thing. Like, oh, the rich white dudes are hunting this homeless black man, and so they had to put Dutton in. Who's a humanitarian? He volunteers at homeless shelters? Why is he hunting people for sport? Well, that's his cover. But when you watch the scene earlier in the movie when he convinces Ice-T to take a plane ride with them, ostensibly as their hunting guide, I want Dutton to wink at the camera or something as he's giving his impassioned plea for Ice-T not to give up on life because he's homeless. Because he sounds like he's serious. It sounds like he's in a different movie, a drama about getting a homeless man back on his feet. So when you see him later, he's practically shaking to taste that blood and shoot somebody. It's like, that doesn't look like the guy I saw earlier in this movie. When they're talking about the pig, it's basically the same thing. Because he picked out the pig to eat, too. He's the one who picks the livestock, basically. And I think that's what they're trying to liken it to, of knowing how to pick them. You're right. 
felt like a different movie entirely that he was in. It's the dinner before the next day when Ice-T finds out he's the one they're going to hunt. And everybody in that scene, when they're talking about the pig, when Busey is turning the pig's head to Ice-T and telling him to look at it so he's consuming its soul, it feels like everybody in that scene knows that they're conning Ice-T. And then you got Dutton talking about picking the pig. And again, I don't feel like he's showing anything where he's chuckling under his breath going, ah, we're going to hunt you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he didn't read far into the script. (laughs) Just didn't know. (laughs) How do you think Ice-T shines in this movie? Like you said earlier about him wanting to give up on life and then finding his will to live. It's always nice to see when the actor has the visible arc. The Thor movie is another good example of you can just see how he has actually changed. They don't have to do subtle things to show you. And Ice-T really shines showing his arc. And he's really good at playing contempt for the upper class. As he should. They just ended up trying to hunt him. <laughs> well, even before the reveal, they pepper it with little instances of the rich drinking their expensive wine and offering iced tea a whole pack of cigarettes that for him would probably take a month to scrounge enough money together to buy it and he just sneers at them so well yeah because he only wanted the one cigarette and Busey's like no take the whole pack because i'm not gonna touch them now let's get to our favorite moments the standout scene in this movie where Busey is busting out of the burning cabin screaming holding a knife <laughs> It's just so batshit crazy, and it's a little scary, but also it just injects the movie with a lot of energy. And then, oh, within a couple minutes of that, Busey's already dead. That is the biggest sin this movie commits. I agree, and I blame F. Murray Abraham, because I think they're just like, oh, we got an Oscar winner up there. And they totally set up that Abraham should have died upstairs, and then they're just like, no, he gets out fine. He just wanders out of the house casually. Oh, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, maybe they did reshoots, and they're like, oh, damn it, we had Abraham die too early in the movie. Quick, shoot another uh, moment with his son saving him. Because Busey, he literally goes out in a blazing glory. He's intense. For the, he's got, what, five minutes of screen time? He gets that super weird speech about training a dog to murder when it hears an explosion. And then he fights Ice-T. Like, he's got him dead the rights with the knife. And he's like, no, bare hands. And he just chucks the knife and starts fighting barehanded. And he's wearing that weird rancher outfit. What do you even call it? It's got, like, the little leather tassels on it. I don't know, yeah. It's just like, the only thing he's ever hunted was man, and he thinks he understands hunting, but he doesn't. And it's just a classic push-in, a slow push-in, as he's talking about raising that pup and ending up having to kill it. A little part of me always thinks, is he so good at this because he's just recounting a story from his own life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, I think I read somewhere that he wrote that or ad-libbed it or something, and so that's, like, from his mind. And I think you're right. There's a good chance that that just happened to him as a kid. There's a line that I wrote down. Busey tells Ice-T, 
allow yourself to feel your primal essence. <laughs> that just feels like an ad lib from Busey. It's like he's trying to have sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> just feel it. Feel your essence in there. Feel my essence. Come here. Let's go into the bedroom. <laughs> Let's go to a uh, factory in East St. Louis. That would really make the story pop. <laughs> you keep Busey in longer in the movie, and then it turns out, yeah, he's hunting him, but he's also generated an attraction toward him, too. <laughs> like a praying mantis or a black widow type of situation at that point? Because what's scarier than a man hunting you than a man saying, I also want you sexually? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have sex with you and then shoot you in the woods. <laughs> Another moment I like is when one of the hunters, his ATV blows up and his legs are just totally shot. A nice bit of gore in an otherwise goreless movie. I was surprised at how good the makeup was for that scene, and it was derailing almost. <laughs> Let's talk about Rutger Hauer for a moment. Why did they make him the big bad of this movie? He just fell flat in that regard. Did a great job acting, but he was, I think, a little too subtle for the audience to connect to him. Busey, I think, would have worked better as the big bad. You can't have Busey's energy next to subtlety in the same shot. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work well. Is there anything that you think sets this apart from other man-hunting man films? I think how they handled the deaths and the orders. It wasn't just, aha, I got one, like, a horror movie, but, like, how he handles John C. McGinley was a lot of fun. There's some F. Murray Abraham moments in there that I do not buy him as an Oscar-winning actor. I loved him anyway. The biggest thing for me that sets this apart is that Stuart Copeland's score. There are moments in this where he's doing guitar solos, he's getting bluesy, he's doing jazz music, choir music, jungle drums. That was something about it that really gave it another layer and kept it from feeling too much of a genre picture, you know? Mm -hmm. I saw that before Trespass, and Trespass, the score feels a lot more obvious. It did what it needed to do, but it didn't add anything necessarily. I didn't even notice the score to Trespass to the end credits. I was like, oh, it's a rap song. <laughs> and this one, yeah, it felt... A lot of times that's all you have is Ice-T being sad somewhere in the score. Stuart Copeland's scores elevate the material because it runs counter to what we expect to hear in an action scene or dramatic moment. Case in point, in this movie, there's the opening montage where we see Ice-T living his homeless life, and then we see a guy getting hunted for sport. It's like this jazzy music Copeland scores it with. <laughs> Did the score ever not work for you? I thought it worked really well, especially in the beginning when he's just wandering the streets alone uh, right after his homeless buddy passes away. It's just him and the score, and they work together really well. When it's opposite of what you're expecting the score to be, you're more present for it because you're trying to connect the sound with the picture. And it requires more thinking than just seeing an action moment with a hard-driving guitar riff underneath it. I feel like it's easier to score action scenes. Because you could just, like, oh, pick up the pace, get something heavy, call it a day. 
lunches at noon. Any final thoughts on surviving the game? I like this movie. I do like this movie. I remember seeing it, I don't want to say as a kid, was over 20 years ago when I saw it. (laughs) So there was a nostalgia factor. So in the beginning, when they're talking about finding the gun in the trash and they talk about how to take care of it, that hit me hard because of the Chekhov's gun situation. I didn't even realize. That's a real long callback. Because it's like the first line in the movie comes back to the last thing that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Now, TLDL, Too Long Didn't Listen, where we summarize some of our thoughts about these movies. I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want very short answers, possibly one word, if you can keep it to that. So here we go. What's a worse title, Surviving the Game or Trespass? Trespass. Can I do a quick explain why? Sure. When I looked it up on Amazon, there's seven different movies called Trespass. (laughs) And I kind of feel like Trespass is a little... It's like they're trying to be artsy. Wouldn't you rather say Trespassers? Trespassers, Trespassing, Treasure Hunting would have been a better time. (laughs) You've come from the wilderness after having men hunt you for sport. What beer are you ordering for your first drink back? Ooh. I'm going to go with a Guinness. For those of us such as myself who aren't big into beer, what about it makes it a good first drink back? It's dark, hearty. It's almost liquid bread. It's a meal in itself. It's going to hit your alcohol spot, and it's going to hit your... You definitely probably need food at that point. Which movie was Ice-T better in? Ooh. I'm... uh... I'm going to go survive in the game. Which movie incorporates political themes better into their narrative? Surviving the game? <laughs> Are you okay over there? It sounds like a balloon is slowly letting air out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm fine. Do you think either movie suffers from an absence of female characters? It's just going to sound bad, but no, I don't think it suffers. What's a better party movie? Surviving the Game. Okay, it's Father's Day, and your dad hasn't seen either one of these movies. Which do you watch with him? Uh, I'm going to say Trespass. I, I think he knows all the actors in that more. Hmm. Surprisingly. You're forced to show one of these movies in a high school civics class. Which one would make a better term paper? I think Trespass. Any final thoughts? Ice-T, you the man. Everybody loves you in Law & Order. (laughs) (laughs) 